Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. How about this? A multi-million dollar child labor settlement in the state of California where kids as young as 14 were cutting up chicken. Today on the show, what we are somebody is all about and the bud tending teamsters in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome to the Wednesday, December 6th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. We have two guests on the show today. We're going to start things off with someone I have known for many, many years. Her name is Nina Turner. She used to be on the Cleveland City Council. She also was the Ohio State Senator. She worked on the Bernie Sanders campaign. She ran unsuccessfully for a seat in Congress, and she's also been a commentator on MSNBC. Nina started a new organization just a couple of months ago called We Are somebody we are somebody.org is their website it's a new operation to financially support working families and striking workers it adds to a steady growing network of progressive organizations working inside and outside of washington nina's quoted as saying in this country the battle for workers and everyday people is so immense that you need a variety of organizations to come at the challenge from different angles. We Are Somebody is part of that larger coalition to come at this conundrum of inequality from a different angle. She describes her new venture as a capacity-building organization for the working class for which she drew inspiration from FDR's Economic Bill of Rights and the nearly two-year-long Alabama coal miners' strike, the Warrior Met strike, which we talked about on the show for so many times. And she's got some backers. They have partners, including the uh, Retail, Wholesale, and Department Store Union, Christian Smalls, who heads the Amazon Labor Union, and also the former head of the Communication Workers of America. That would be uh, Larry Cohen. So she's going to talk about the organization, why she started it, and where she sees it going. And she'll be our first guest on the show. Later in the show, we're going to talk about organizing in the booming cannabis dispensary industry. And i got to congratulate the uh, International Brotherhood of Teamsters here with 95%. That's overwhelming. 95% of eligible workers participating as so-called bud tenders at Strawberry Fields in Columbus. Got to love that name, Strawberry Fields have voted to join Teamsters Local 413. And the workers, by the way, are the first in the state of Ohio to affiliate with the Teamsters. Now, we're going to be joined by two of those bud tenders, Esalen Hiller and Tavis Barton, on how this all started, the conditions at Strawberry Fields, the solidarity they were able to build, the help that they got from the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, And this is all posted on the uh, international website, Teamsters413.com. Esalen is quoted as saying, this is a huge moment for the Teamsters. 
the labor movement, the cannabis community, and especially us. By unanimous decision, after months of hard work by everyone involved, we won. We are ecstatic about this outcome, immensely proud of one another, and looking forward to bargaining our first contract. And we know how difficult that's going to be. And we'll talk about that as well. And uh, the message to others that are thinking about organizing in the booming cannabis industry. We're seeing a whole lot of dispensaries pop up, and it's only going to get more because recreational marijuana, by the vote of the people in the state of Ohio, is going to become legal actually tomorrow. They're still crafting some of that legislation to make sure that uh, some of the politicians have it their way and not necessarily the people's way. That's another story. I'm not going to get into that. But uh, this will be a fun show today. Now a brief look into the world of labor. This segment brought to you by the good folks at Boyd Watterson Asset Management, offering fixed income real estate and equity investment options to clients nationwide. A California poultry supplier has agreed to pay $3.8 million to settle allegations that it endangered child workers and committed wage theft while processing chickens for major U.S. supermarkets. I'll get to those uh, supermarkets in a minute. The uh, Labor Department announced the settlement with Exclusive Poultry, Inc. on Monday, accusing the company of behaving recklessly by violating child labor law, stealing wages, and firing workers who cooperated with the investigation. Officials say Exclusive Poultry, which is based in La Puente, California, employed kids as young as 14 to, quote, debone poultry using sharp knives and to operate power-driven lifts to move various pallets. A federal judge granted regulators a preliminary injunction to prevent the company from transporting hot goods, that is, poultry produced by facilities where laws were allegedly broken, and the company would not immediately comment on this. Seema Nanda, Labor Department Solicitor General, urged workers in a statement to come forward if their employers didn't pay them what they were owed. This is what she said. Employers who violate wage law and their downstream distributors and customers should be on notice that we will use all tools at our disposal to protect workers regardless of age and immigration status. The regulators have said they are dealing with a rise in child labor cases as migrant children who fled Latin America wind up in slaughterhouses and other potentially dangerous workplaces. In fact, the Labor Department said in February of this year that it has seen a 69% increase in children being employed illegally going back five years to 2018. The agency's wage and hour administrator said the cases tended to fall in two categories – those in which children were working more hours than the law allows, and those in which children were performing dangerous duties that the law actually forbids. In announcing the settlement with exclusive poultry, the Labor Department said the firm's chicken products were ultimately sold to grocery stores, including Aldi, Kroger-owned Ralph's, and Grocery Outlet, as well as the multinational food distributor Cisco. Earlier this year, the Labor Department said its investigators found that another company, Packers Sanitation Services, Inc., had employed children in cleaning roles at meatpacking plants, including using back saws, brisket saws, and head splitters. 
that company agreed to pay $1.5 million in civil penalties after regulators accused it of employing at least 100 minors. Sad state of affairs of what's going on in various states in the United States of America. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Nina Turner is going to talk about a new organization coming up next. We are somebody. Back in a few minutes. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AFGE.com. Org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at uaw.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the North Coast Labor Federation. Before we join... Our first guest, i got to do a shout-out here from my union. That would be SAG-AFTRA, Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of TV Radio Artists. The uh, members, including myself, voted on a new contract. This is the uh, contract that was in dispute over the summer, leading on to a very lengthy strike. And yesterday, the members voted to approve it by a 78% margin. 78% margin. So way to go, Fran Drescher the president of SAG-AFTRA. SAG-AFTRA.org is a website. All right, let's go to line number one. Welcome someone that I have known for a long time. She has got a lot of fire in her belly. There's no doubt about that. Her name is <laughs> Nina Turner. She was on the Cleveland City Council. She was an Ohio State senator. She also worked in Bernie Sanders' campaign. You might have seen her on MSNBC. And she is now out with a new progressive organization called We Are Somebody. Check it out online, wearesomebody.org. Nina Turner, welcome to America's Work. This is the perfect show, 
the perfect show to talk about this organization. So I'm going to let you pick it up from there. I know your history. There's a lot posted about you on the, uh, on the internet, some of it good. You know how you know how the internet oh, is. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh no. I know. I know. I just want to tell your listeners: only only believe the good. The, the bad only is a bunch of haters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Flash. I mean, when you're in public office, that's that's just what it is, and you can't please everybody. But it is so good to be with you, my friend. I miss you. We've uh, been on on a public service journey for a very long time, and congratulations on the success of the show and congratulations to SAG after oh my god we were boosting you guys so much I'm so happy for you and all of the actors and actresses and and just people the writers and everybody I mean this is solidarity summer is now solidarity winter huh I know I know there's been so much going on and that is the prime reason why this show has just exploded this year Nina at the beginning of this year we uh-huh. were in the top, I want to say, 15% of podcasts. And there's a lot of podcasts out. There's like 2 oh, million yeah. podcasts out there. Yeah. And uh, we we closed in on the top 1%, which is just amazing. So Congratulations. Uh, it's, it's people like you that are downloading the show. And, and you know the state of the media today. There's, well, there's no I show think. like this. I mean, we're... No. We're... We're, we're, we're talking about working class issues, which is yes. almost non-existent in the mainstream media today. How and people, about that, Flash? Yeah, How about yeah. that? That point that you're making, there is not a working class consciousness in mainstream media. It's not. And I'm certainly somebody that is privileged to be you know, sought after to, to be on mainstream media. And, but I do understand it. And let's have people like you or people like me or others who enter enter the room, either virtually or physically, with a working-class consciousness, it is not talked about at all. So let's talk about this organization, which uh, just kicked off a couple of months ago. We are somebody. Now, explain explain what you're trying to do, Nina. Go ahead. We are somebody is a capacity-building organization for working-class people. That is it in a nutshell. People don't have to – there will not be a test after the show – capacity building organization for the working class and what we seek to do and as you laid out we're only two months old but we're mighty ultimately i want to see we are somebody amass a multi-million dollar strike fund to be able to help union and non-union workers be able to leverage and the reason why i i have to emphasize non-union workers is because like we know that the majority of workers in this country are not unionized. We know that that unions, you know, that that 10%, we were higher in the course of the history of this country, decimated by public policy and also decimated by the corporatist class, that class, those in that class who do not believe that workers deserve higher benefits, better wages, and better work conditions. Labor unions are enjoying a resurgence of support by the American people but we got to get the labor number or the, the union membership numbers up. I also believe that non-union and unionized workers have so much in common. They are workers. And if they are catching hell, they are all catching hell collectively. It is just that one segment of our working class has a labor union behind it so that they have solidarity. They have a, a group of people working in synergy, as we've seen by the different strikes and all of that. And then we have another side of our working class who have no protection. I want those classes to come together. And also, 
um, class, the, the class or non-union and, and unionized workers to come together, but also like a class pollination to class because I often say unless you got a sugar mama or sugar daddy or sugar somebody, you part of the working class. Some of us may be blessed to be in the upper echelons of that working class. Of class. I just want to ask you, I mean, when people say middle class people, last time I checked, middle class people work as yeah. well as uh, people who may not be in the middle class. So we are workers. So the goal is to amplify, organize, and fund workers across this country so that we continue to build the momentum that the resurgence of the labor movement has had, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I see you've got some pretty good partners here. Uh, You lined up with Stuart Applebaum, who heads the uh, retail wholesale department store union. Uh, yeah. Christian Smalls of the Amazon yeah. Labor Union. The, the new kid on the block. <laughs> <laughs> you know, un, unfortunately, let's talk about that, if you don't mind. I, I mean, no, we've had him on the show a couple of times. He, he's he's yeah. much like yourself. He's, he's very, he very progressive, very active. Sadly, though, and you know this, Nina, they have still not reached a first contract oh. at Amazon. Amazon, in fact, I just had a story on them the other day. Last year, they spent over $14 million union busting. I mean, that's what we're up against. So, you know, with that being said, and and I know they're trying hard to get that first contract. That is so difficult. It takes years in some cases. But with that being said, I I know you, you got boots on the ground. You're fighting a lot of money. You're fighting corporate power here. Maybe you can talk about the strategy on how you plan to fight that corporate power. Can you get into that? Yeah, I can't. And when have we not been? And we, meaning even generations before us, people who had a consciousness about what working class people deserve, when have we not been fighting, you know, fight the powers? Uh, We've always had to fight the powers. It is doing exactly what the leaders of the labor movement, both organized labor and non-organized labor, are doing right now. It's making the requisite demand, putting the muscle power out there. For every time there's a win, like for your union, for the writers, for UAW, for the Teamsters, for nurses, you know, you, you name it. A whole, a whole array of workers from different uh, working backgrounds have been on strike, threatened strike. To the extent that the organized side of household labor continues to win, then that has a ripple effect for every other sector of working class. So there's no magic wand. We just got to get out there and keep fighting the powers, keep pushing. And to have an organization like mine that does not exist in the private sector side trying to raise awareness, because this is not just about needing money for the mission. We need money for the mission. There is no doubt. But it is also about education and, and, and just piquing people's awareness and imagination about what they deserve. And I am one of the best at being able to do that. And I just saw a need. I mean, Flash, really watching what the coal miners in Alabama were trying to do for almost two years, 600 days, they were out on strike. They had almost all of their members out on strike. And the bosses of the, 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 the facility was able to wake them out. They had a strike fund. It was pretty significant, it was, but they waited them out. And so workers lost leverage. They lost hope. And they ended up having to go back 
without the contract that they were striking for. And that just really touched my heart in such a deep way. It just reminded me of people like the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., what he was doing for the sanitation workers. It reminded me of historic figures like Mother Jones, who, you know, said, I will pray for the dead and fight like hell for the living. Her niche was working class. It was child labor laws in this country. She really pushed for those types of changes, and she stood for the coal miners. It was people like Fannie Lou Hamer who stood up for black farmers on top of all the other civil rights work she was doing in Mississippi. So, Flash, we have these points in history where we have examples of the Asa Philip Randolph, one of the, the greatest labor unionists of the 20th century with the Brotherhood sleeping car porters. So we have so much. We have a reservoir to draw from. But just as they had to fight, it was grit, it was organized, and it was agony at some point. That is still true for us today in the 21st century with a caveat. We have some mm -hmm. tools that our foremothers and forefathers did not have, and that's called social media. We got tools slash, that our foremothers and forefathers did not have. It's called your show. You know, and on and on. So you see where I'm going with this. We got tools, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we got plenty, plenty of tools in our toolbox. You know, it's so funny. There, there's so much to unwind here. I could talk to you for hours, but uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned uh, child labor, and I, I talked yeah. about this earlier in the show. There was a settlement in California. This was a poultry supplier. They're going to pay almost four million dollars to settle allegations that they endangered child workers. Didn't even pay them. Some of them were 14 years of, of age, and they're deboning poultry. Some of them were working on lifts. And, and you know, you've been watching what's been going on in the States. This is only going to increase. This was a Labor Department investigation, and they got the settlement. But it's going on as we speak, and sadly, in Ohio is in that group too. They're trying to bring the, the ages down because they're saying, oh, there's a worker shortage. Is this going to be part of your uh, your messaging in your uh, in your new organization here? We are somebody. Absolutely, Flash. Not only are we going to deal with just trying to leverage and get money, dollars in the pockets of workers so that they can hold the line longer, we are going to deal with policies, uh, ballot initiatives, lobbying legislatures. We will not deal with candidates. We are going to deal with issues that are directly and indirectly impact workers in this country. And I'm so glad you brought up the, the fighter point about child labor. Yeah, there's a resurgence. I mean, you got people like uh, Sarah Huckabee and other mainly Republican governors and legislatures trying to drive down the working age and the protections that this country finally put in place. Because there was a time, as we know, where children were not protected, where children were in coal mines, where children were able to be uh, exploited in the workplace, air quote, because they shouldn't have to be in the workplace. And we tried to solve for that, like correct that, make some crooked paths straight. And here we are almost right back where we started from. So the message in all of this is justice is never a destination. It is a journey because there's always going to be an equal and opposite force fighting against justice. And so, yes, we are going to deal with that. And for shame, or Ohio and any other state and any other leader who thinks it's okay. There's not a labor shortage flash. What there is is a shortage of workers who are going to continue to catch hell and not be paid appropriately, being paid a living wage. People are waking up and they are standing up and they are demanding more and they're not going to take it anymore. And you have these governors and Repu Republican governors, finer point, and Republican legislatures turning back the hands of time. It is immoral 
backlash, and we cannot stand back and allow it to happen, at least not let it happen in, in quiet. And I really do believe that we start having these deeper conversations with voters across the country, regardless of the, their political ideology, to break this stuff down, because a lot of people don't even know the stuff that's happening. That, yeah. that reasonable mind, whether they're Republican, Democrat, Green Party, No Party, Country, Rock and Roll, R&B, that reasonable minds can come together and say that this is an abomination. And that's exactly what it is. Name of the organization is We Are Somebody. Go to the website, wearesomebody.org. Nina Turner, who started this, will continue with her later in the show. We're going to talk to a couple of Teamsters about organizing in the cannabis industry. Back in a few minutes, you're listening to America's Workforce. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferens. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. Attention members of the Heat and Frost Insulators Union who are interested in traveling. Central Ohio has more construction projects on the books than anywhere in the U.S. Mega projects, large and medium-sized jobs are creating more work than our local 50 brothers and sisters can handle. Projects like Intel, the Honda LG battery plant, and multiple data centers for Facebook, Google, and Amazon offer union wages, overtime, exciting incentives. Local 50 is seeking union travelers to meet the needs of its signatory contractors who can put you to work immediately. If you're a member in good standing and interested in the work opportunities in Central Ohio, visit insulators50.com forward slash AWF travel for more information. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The, the United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the US, US, Canada, Canada and, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers. Standing strong and fighting for what's right. This portion of the show brought to you by the International Union of Bricklayers and Allied Craftworkers. For more information, please visit bacweb.org. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, here's what you do. Just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft. .org. Let's go back to our live line. Rejoin Nina Turner, former Cleveland City Councilwoman, Ohio State Senator, worked with the uh, Bernie Sanders campaign. You might have seen her on MSNBC. And she's out with a new organization called We Are Somebody. We Are Somebody.org is the website. 
recently started, and it's all about solidarity. It's all about promoting the worker's perspective, which is so important. It's something that we do on this show five days a week. Nina, you were talking about keeping the politicians out of this, and, and it's, this is going to be worker-centric. And we still have to try to get legislation. You know how weak labor law is. And, and, that, and yeah. right now, in fact, the AFL-CIO had some numbers on this. If people were given the opportunity to join a union, about 60 million Americans would join up. But they know how difficult. I talked earlier about Amazon, the union busting, the threats, the captive audience meetings. I mean, and, and often they say, yeah, we want a union. But when it comes time to the vote, well, that stuff works. It works on their minds and they're scared. They feel that they're going to lose their jobs. Uh, is your organization going to push for like the PRO Act, the Protect the Right to Organize Act? I did see this on your website. Maybe you could speak to that because that would be a game changer in America, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely it would, and it's high time. I mean, I really wish in the first two years of the Biden presidency that Democrats had control, and I know some people are going to say, oh, but, you know, they didn't, it was racist, and okay, I got it, but they didn't fight hard enough for it, you know? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, PRO Act, absolutely. And, yeah, they stoke fear. The bosses stoke fear in the minds of the workers, and people fear that they're going to lose their jobs. And people need to work because they need to eat and have a roof over their head and all the other things. So we get that. This, when I say, I, I don't necessarily mean necessarily keep politicians out as much as there is, this is a multi-front kind of fight here. One is how we fight in the streets with workers to bosses or workers to corporate interests, as we have seen in the strikes. And the other side of it is to push public policy, while there are other groups out there trying to make sure that we get the right people, air quotes, elected who have some intestinal fortitude once they get elected and not forget why, why they are there. We also need, on the other front of this, people fighting strictly in the streets with the workers, and then also to push public policy that has a greater impact on the lives of more uh, Americans than just, you know, uh, in, in a silo approach. So it is both and. And let us remind people that public policy, because I don't want anybody to think that public policy is important. When I think about the civil rights movement flash, it was people who took to the streets, black people taking to the streets and allies, but, and, and it was also to get the attention of elected officials and push them to do the right thing. Most things that have an impact, most policies, most, uh, most uh, fantastic uh, changes in this country did not come just because some politicians thought, aha, let me do this the right way. We had people in the streets forcing them to do that, and I believe that is what we are somebody in conjunction with the labor movement can help to do that. So I want people to think Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act. I mean, when you think about those things, when you think about even the child labor laws that were changed over time, laws have to be changed ultimately so we get a a bigger impact for a greater number of people. However, we don't have to wait for that. Like, we shouldn't be mocking time while we're pushing for that to happen. We've got to be in the street so that people can see that they can win. And so what happened with SAG after, what happened with the Writers Guild, UAW, the Teamsters, 
you know, those are examples, not all examples, but those are the major examples that I'm sure are animating people's minds that show that if we have solidarity one to another, if we organize, if we are all in it together, which Americans are showing that they are on side of the labor unions without equivocation, when we have wins like that in the streets, then that forces politicians to move. President Biden came on that line for UAW by, by way of example, not because uh, he thought it was the right idea in his own mind. He came because of the pressure that the UAW put on him, the pressure that Sean Fain said, we're not endorsing anybody because either mm -hmm. you are on the side of the workers or you are not. There is no middle ground, and it is because of that kind of boldness that Fain and his members, because he couldn't do these things without the support of his members, that they showed to say that we're not falling in line. Yeah, yeah. That made Biden move. Now, he hasn't moved enough because your point, Flash, the PRO Act should have been passed. So, right. yes, we are somebody will be working on legislative initiatives throughout this country in partnership uh, with other organizations who are pushing for those things because many hands make for light work. Well, Nina, you know this. I know this. We're, we're moving a mountain here. This, this is going to be oh, difficult. Yeah. Not to say it can't be done. I mean, I know I, I'm a student of the 60s. I, I grew yeah. up during that. I, you know, I was there with the Voting Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act, JFK yeah. assassination, uh, Martin Luther King. I, I saw what was going on in the streets. And, you know, let's be honest. There was some complacency here especially after, well, when Reagan fired the air traffic controllers, we saw that That's downward right. spiral with unions. That's and right. it seems like, and, and maybe, I, I, I know a lot of labor leaders that I've talked to, the pandemic was kind of a wake-up call. And oh, we're, yeah. we're seeing a big change here. And this year, like I said earlier, it exploded with all the strikes, with all the wages that went up. Sean Fain said, hey, you know what? I'm going after those non-union auto plants. There's 13 of them. Come so, on. Yeah. He's not stopping. He's not stopping. Uh, my question here to you, resources. Uh, you, you, you're a very young organization. What's the game plan? How are we going to build this? How are we going to get some more buy-in and so we can get that messaging out? What, what's your plan of action here? Well, we definitely need money for the mission, so we are fundraising. So to anyone that's listening and you want to be a part of this, just go to wearesomebody.org. We're going to fundraise in tradition, you know, uh, grassroots dollars, uh, donors who have lots of capacity, who understand that the system as it exists is untenable, grant dollars to, to drive ballot initiatives. So we, we got to raise, we got to raise the money. It's not impossible, though. You know, it's, it, 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 as President Nelson Mandela once said, it always seems impossible until it is done. It's not impossible, but it is going to be extraordinarily difficult, no doubt about it. But just because it's difficult does not mean that we should not try. We have to, to, to get there, and that's what we're going to work to do. You know, Asa Philip Randolph once said, freedom is never granted. It is won. Justice is never given. It is exacted. Freedom and justice must be, be struggled for by the oppressed for all lands and all races. And so a foundational point for We Are Somebody is that we are in this fight. And we're not in this solo uh, flash. Uh, many people are feeling this way. And we want people who are, particularly people who are not in labor unions, to see themselves as uh, people who could be organized, right? You're going to have to fight the bosses. They're not going to roll over to do it. But to see ourselves as one. And I want my sisters and brothers and family and friends in, the, in labor unions to see their non-union sisters and brothers and family and friends as their colleagues that we are in fact one so we're going to push 
we don't have a, a ordinary people put a whole lot of extraordinary, extra on the ordinary, so extraordinary things can happen. As you know me well, and I don't buck from a fight. This is going to be fight. It is going to be hard, but that does not mean that we cannot win. Nothing beats a failure but a try, as someone once said, and I firmly believe that this is the time and this is the fight to be had. Well, you are clearly the person to get it done. There's no question, no question. You know, we, you and I talked about this during the break, uh, One Fair yeah. Wage. We we featured them yeah. on the show about a week, a week and a half ago. Apparently, that's one of the organizations you're you're working yeah. with. And maybe what what's the game plan there, Nina? The, the game plan for One Fair Wage is 13 states next year. They will have either ballot initiatives or legislative efforts to do away with the sub-minimum wage. The sub-minimum wage is rooted in uh, racism, anti-blackness. It came along, uh, you know, after slavery was meant to defraud uh, black women in particular who worked in that industry where bosses, again, got together, the same spirit that we're facing today, got together and said, we don't need to pay black women for their services. And as the leader, the national leader of One Fair Wage, Saru, has said time and time again, what was meant to hurt black women and their families now has reverberated in the 21st century where any uh, worker in that industry, whether they're black or other, are facing the sub-minimum wage. The sub-minimum wage is about $2 and some change. In some states, it might be a little higher. But sub, exactly what it means, below the minimum wage. And I'm going to blow some minds this morning. Yes, that still is a reality in America. So every time we go to a restaurant, nine times out of ten, that worker, the person that is serving us our meal, they are making a sub-minimum wage, and they rely on the largesse of us to be able to give them tips to supplement their wages. That should not be. It should not have been when, 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 when these immoral people dream that up, and it definitely should not be something into the 21st century. So we will be side-by-side side with One Fair Wage. In our state class, the great state of Ohio, we will be one of those states that will have a ballot initiative collecting signatures right now. So please go to onefairwage.org, onefairwage.org, and figure out how you can get into the game and how you can sign up, or you can go to wearesomebody.org. But we need to collect the rest of those signatures and have those collected by February so that we will have this thing solidly on the ballot in Ohio. So five states, it will be on the ballot, and then there will be uh, other states where it will be a legislative initiative where we will then push people to call their elected officials to get them to pass it through the legislature. But can you imagine, Flash? Millions of people are going to go and vote themselves a raise. Hello, somebody. Vote <laughs> yourself a raise, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nina Turner joining us on our live line. She is behind We Are Somebody. Do check out their website, wearesomebody.org. Nina, you are welcome here anytime. You keep up the fight and uh, stay safe in this battle, okay? I will. Back at you, darling. And happy holidays to all of your listeners. I want to shout out one of our hometown heroes, Harriet Applegate. I see you, baby. All right. Sending so much love. Thank you, Flash. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the Teamsters organizing in the cannabis industry. We're going to talk to a bud tender coming up next. Back in a few minutes. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Layuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Layuna, the Laborers International Union of North America. 
delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight ironworker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great ironworker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWatterson.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit SurveyAndBallotSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at usw.org. Now... Back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast, AWF Union Podcast. Well, we've been talking to a number of uh, Teamsters locals about organizing at cannabis dispensaries. It's been going on all around the country. The latest is in Columbus, Ohio, where 95% of eligible workers participating as bud tenders, they call them, at Strawberry Fields in Columbus have voted to join Teamsters Local 413. The workers are the first in the state of Ohio to affiliate with the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, one of our national sponsors here on America's Workforce. Well, two of the uh, individuals who work at the dispensary and fought for the union are on our live line right now. That would be Esalen Hiller and Tavis Barton. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to America's Workforce. Esalen, uh, let's let's start with you. Um, you've been working there for a couple of years. Talk to me about this this organizing drive, and obviously, what drove this organizing drive. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for for having us on. Um, great talking with you so far. Um, 
It was uh, definitely a very long process. It started several, several months back. Um, I honestly don't even remember how long ago, but it really, I mean, it started honestly kind of as a joke. People would talk about things that we disliked at work or uh, things we wanted to see improved, and there was always that joke of, well, we could always do this or do that, and one day I had the thought of, well, why, why not actually do that? And um, uh, a, a great friend of ours who passed away recently, Anthony Parker, he pointed me in the direction of some resources. Uh, I set up a meeting with the Teamsters Local 413, and we hit it off very well from the beginning. Uh, we felt good about the process. Um, our team is uh, in a lot of ways like a family, and it seemed like the right move for us. And, and uh, you know, now looking back on it now, we're super thankful that we started this process. Let's go to uh, Tavis Barton, another bud tender. I love that. I love that line, bud tender at <laughs> the cannabis industry. But so, so appropriate. Uh, you know there's always challenges when you go union. Tavis, what, what were those challenges that you had to undergo through at Strawberry Fields? So um, a couple of the, uh, I would also like to extend a thanks, um, but following, you know, a couple of the major challenges that we had run into, um, you know, especially as a crew, was mainly just uh, backlash on, you know, a couple of the grievances that we had had. You know, a big one was, you know, having team meetings where we could collectively bring together our concerns about the workforce and the workplace that um, were unfortunately done away with. Uh, going back and forth between each other about, you know, the ways in which we could make changes at the dispensary and the ways that we could bring these to upper management. Um, however, you know, I would say overall, um, the experience in and of itself wasn't very challenging given the close-knit um, kind of interactions that we have amongst coworkers. Everybody really wanted this change. Everybody was very determined and very driven. And I think um, just behind that drive, you know, it actually helped us power through many of the challenges that would have seemed more significant um, had we not been so close in this fight together. What, what were some of the issues that came up in, in the organizing drive? Tavis, I'm going to let you answer this one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I would say a couple of the big issues would be probably getting people to meetings themselves. You know, the meetings are out of the workplace and usually off work time. So actually getting people to get to the meetings were definitely a little bit of a challenge. But once we started seeing more of a pattern, you know, many more people are on board with being at the meetings even twice a week. Um, phone calls were another one. Um, we had a collective group chat where we would, you know, come together to discuss things. Um, and, you know, every so often there were disagreements about these um, things that we wanted to change or about the ways in which we were looking to change them. Um, so I would say those were probably some of the biggest challenges in the organizing process itself. Um, but it did come together very well. Maybe we could talk about uh, what they did to fight the union. And Eslin, I, I think, let, let, if you don't mind, if you can address that. I mean, you know it's not easy trying to organize. I mean, they throw everything, mm -hmm. including the kitchen sink, at you to, to stop this. I mean, I've heard horror stories like for, mm -hmm. for Starbucks workers and at Amazon as well. Uh, what did they do at Strawberry Fields? Well, I mean, as far as, far as I know, it was a very basic playbook uh there was a labor consultant as they as they um call him who 
was in store for much of the campaign, uh, I believe a full month, and um, he was there to try and dissuade people and um, sort of address concerns at that point um, and, and in an attempt to have us jump away from the unionization efforts. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just, it just had no traction, really. Um, we, we were very determined and united going in into um, our public announcement of our unionization. And so th- there was pretty much nothing that could be done. And, and we were all well aware of our rights. We were all well aware of um, what we did and didn't have to do, what we did and didn't have to answer as far as questions or um you know, captive audience meetings, as they call them. Right. right. So, you know, for, for us, it, it was a challenge, but I, I think mainly the challenge was, was just staying positive, staying confident, um, sticking it out, because really the, the, the main thing that was bothersome about the whole ordeal was just people being pulled away from their work, you know, having to manage that complication. But... We got through it, and um, you know now we're here, and it, it was definitely worth the fight. Well, ninety-five percent in favor. Obviously, you did all the right things. There, there's no question. And I'm sure you had a lot of help from international because that's what they do. You got to be prepared for these things. So now you got to go for that that first contract, and you know, I'm sure you know this is this is not not an easy thing here. Uh, Tavis, maybe you could walk. The process has, has any of that come up yet? Has there been any conversation about that first contract? Um, not between uh, the worker base and the upper management. There has been, um, you know, discussion in between colleagues about what we look to see, like on the contract, um, things we would like to see change. You know, the benefits that we could receive. So I would say there's definitely some discussion within the works, um, no doubt. Okay. What about uh, from this point on? I mean, you're the first in the state of Ohio. It only makes sense to me that, I mean, there's got to be other dispensaries around. And, in fact, uh, the law is changing with recreational marijuana. I know there's licensing involved in that, and I know uh, that still has to be ironed out. But uh, is this the beginning of a new trend? I guess that's my – any one of you can answer this question. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. Um, I, I think – especially in Ohio's cannabis industry, which is so young, so new, changing, developing, evolving very quickly. I hope that this does become a trend. I think um, the cannabis industry is at a point where it has to decide how it wants to take shape. And um, for decades, the culture has been run by everyday people and now that there's a legal market and um, there's development in that market it's become more and more of a top-down setup mm-hmm. rather than the yeah. other way around and yeah. uh, w- with how it's developing with how young it is with how much of an emphasis there is on small business on um, the culture on everyday consumers, users. I think cannabis is unique in the sense that it really is 
very worker driven and right uh, I, I think we have to continue to cultivate that fact we have to continue to help each other in doing so because we all have a part to play we all have a responsibility to this industry and uh, you know I, I'm super excited to see what comes about even now with recreational cannabis being legalized in Ohio we're seeing challenges with that you know state lawmakers are trying to change things in a way that are really disingenuous to what the people voted for in in that statute and um, you know we'd like to make sure that those things don't go through the the, uh, the legislature and so we all have to do our part and encourage each other help each other as needed um, you know to deliver that worker power to make sure that our voices are heard and that at the forefront of everything we're the gatekeepers of this industry well gentlemen i'm going to wrap it up here with a call to action and uh tavis i'm going to let you answer this tavis barton is a bud tender one of the bud tenders on our on our live line today joining him is uh, eslin hiller and they are bud tenders at strawberry fields in columbus ohio tavis a lot of people listening right now probably thinking you know what i think i need a union in my cannabis dispensary what would your message be to that person, Tavis? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I would encourage anybody who's looking for a union in their place of business to just get involved and, and, you know, really start to connect with their coworkers. You know, start reaching out to people, see what their grievances are. If you notice people are unhappy, ask them why they're unhappy and the ways that they think that can be fixed. And, you know, by doing so, you can start connecting these grievances that each, of co- that each one of these coworkers have and bring together a collectivization in which then people can then bring change. And I think the involvement is one of the most important parts when it comes to unionizing, um, because overall, it is a family, and you, and you guys have to have each other's backs, especially when it comes to that vote. And so, you know, at the end of the day, um, I would say the biggest message is to you know, understand what a union can do for your place of work, understand what it can do for the people who are going to be purchasing at your place of work, and, you know, try and bring that together to not only establish a better industry that's ever expanding for the people who are working within it, but for the people who will be entering and the people who are going to be involved with it. Very well said. Tavis Barton, bud tender at Strawberry Fields, Columbus, Ohio, along with Eslin Hiller, another bud tender, just organizing with the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. That'll be local 413. That website is teamsters413.com. And the union is SBFUnited-IBT, Local 413. Gentlemen, please keep in touch with us, and congratulations on that victory, okay? Thank Thank you you very much. And that'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Coming up tomorrow, Scott Paul and the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.